Okay, g'day folks, great to be with you here on this lovely Wednesday evening, well Wednesday evening in Australia um, and it's morning and afternoon for uh, some of our folks in, uh, in Africa, in the Philippines and Pakistan and uh, all over the place. So, my, the main message I want to preach tonight to you is don't judge, but build up one another. So don't judge people, but build up one another. You cannot say the Lord's Prayer and even once say I. You cannot say the Lord's Prayer and even once say my. Nor can you pray the Lord's Prayer and not pray for another. For when you ask you for daily bread, you must include your brother. For others are included in each and every plea. From the beginning to the end, it does not once say me. How cool is that poem? Open your Bibles to Romans chapter 2. We're going to read the first four verses. Romans 2, 1 to 4. Uh, hang on, where are we? You therefore have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else, for what, whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself, because you who pass judgment do the same things. Now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. So when you, a mere human being, pass judgment on them, yet do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment? I doubt. <laughs> Verse 4. Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance and patience, not realising that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? And turn over to uh, chapter 15, please. And again, uh, Romans 15, verses 1 through 4. Those who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbours for their good, to build them up. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. Verse 4, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so through the endurance taught in scriptures and the encouragement they will provide, we might have hope. We might have hope. I don't know, that's not so good, is it? Oh, I don't like this light much. Okay. Alrighty, so the time of judgment, ladies and gentlemen, has not yet come. Although God is judge of the time, sorry, although God is the judge, 
for the time for this time let me start again the time for judgment has not yet come although god is the judge the time for his judgment comes later cf the book of revelation we must remember that god sorry we must remember that it is god's position to do the judging not ours instead of judging one another we should be building up one another god knows the difference between right and wrong better than we do surprise surprise In verse 1, Paul makes a valid point that those who sit in judgment of others are guilty of doing the same things. Those who sit in judgment of others are guilty of doing the same things. In judging others, we bring condemnation upon ourselves. Not so good. We who sit in judgment of others have no excuse left because we are not yet perfect. The judgment of God is inescapable on those who condemn others for the very sins they practice themselves. How can you judge someone in a particular area only to find that you are committing the very same, same sin that you're judging somebody else of? Not good, folks. Not good at all. It's like being a hypocrite. Do as I say, but don't do as I do. So the judgment of God is inescapable unless we repent and are forgiven. We learn that the judgment of God is delayed. This delay is an evidence of his goodness, his forbearance and his long-suffering. His goodness means that he's kindly disposed to sinners, though not to their sins. Ha ha! Now that's an interesting scripture, isn't it? God's goodness means that he's kindly disposed to sinners, but not to their sins. His forbearance describes his holding back punishment on one man's wickedness and rebellion. On a person's wickedness and rebellion. And his long-suffering is his amazing self-resilient in spite of man's careless provocation. Believers are called not to judge one another. Not to judge one another. The Christian approach, folks, is this. Don't live to please self. Live to please your neighbour. The example that Christ gave us is that he lived not to please himself In fact, Jesus lived to please the Heavenly Father. This means that he was so completely taken up with God's honour 
that when men insulted God, he took it as a personal insult to himself. And I'm sure a number of you do the same. I certainly have. Some years ago in my secular workplace, people used to use the name of Jesus as a swear word, as a curse word. And I didn't like it very much at all. It hurt me in here. You see, the things that God doesn't like, the things that hurt God, the things that hurt Jesus, they also hurt us. They also hurt us. When men insulted God, he took it as a personal insult to himself. In society, there are the strong and the weak. Christians are the strong. True. Christians are the strong. And Christians, you know, believers, they make up the strength of society. They do. Christians make up the strength of society. And so we need to bear with the failings of the weak. A Christian should not be self-centred, but should be concerned about the spiritual welfare of others. We should be concerned about the spiritual welfare of others. Just pleasing others is not the end in itself. It is for their good to build people up unto edification. See Romans fourteen nineteen. This is the example that Christ left. Even he did not please himself. He came to do the will of the Father. He didn't come to please himself. He came to do the will of the Father. The one who sent him. Who sends you? Oh, that's a good question. Who sends you the Father through Jesus in the power of the Spirit? And so we should be ones to conduct ourselves in such a way that we're pleasing to the Father. Paul stated a significant principle concerning the purpose and the ministry of the Scriptures. Everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, you know, for our instruction. The Scriptures serve to give believers endurance, steadfastness, steadfastness in the face of adversities, and encouragement so that they might have hope. As Christians learn from the past, 
that is, what is written in the Old Testament about others who did not please themselves, we are motivated to endure and to be comforted in the present, looking ahead in hope and confidence to the future. Let me read that to you again. As Christians learn from the past, that is what was written in the Old Testament about others who did not please themselves, we are motivated to endure and to be comforted in the present, looking ahead in hope and confidence to the future. Who were some of these people that were in the past that were motivated to endure? Oh, Abraham, motivated to endure. Moses, motivated to endure. Joshua, Caleb, Gideon, Elijah, Elisha, folks, David. Folks, the list goes on and on and on. These Old Testament people, these pillars of Christianity were motivated to endure. Folks, we are from the same bloodstock as them, adopted into the same family, sent by the same father. And so we are also motivated to endure. What does Romans chapter 6 verse something say towards the end of the chapter? When you've finished standing, continue to stand. You see, we are motivated to endure. Part of our call is to build one another up. This means giving encouragement and being concerned about the spiritual welfare of others. If you know a brother or a sister that is really struggling in an area where their spiritual welfare is going down, just give them a gentle tap on the shoulder and say, hey brother, hey sister, I see you're behaving in such a way. It's not so good. Let's pray about it. Hey, let's read the scriptures. No need for harsh judgment or wicked condemnation, you sinner. No. Just a gentle tap on the shoulder. Hey, brother. Hey, sister. I see you. You're doing, you're committing these acts. It's not so good for your Christianity. Your spiritual welfare is being lowered more than it needs to. Let me pray with you. Let me help you. Is there any wise counsel I can give you? You know, the attitude, folks, the attitude. Remember the poem about the Lord's Prayer? Let me read it to you again. It's pretty cool. You cannot say the Lord's Prayer and even once say I. You cannot pray the Lord's Prayer and even once say my. Nor can you pray the Lord's Prayer and not pray for another. For when you ask for daily bread, you must include your brother. For others are included in each and every plea, from the beginning to the end of it. 
It does not once say me. As Christians, we must look at the world through God's eyes. And instead of judging others, which ultimately pulls them and us down, we should look to building up people through encouragement and looking out for the spiritual well-being of others. I'm going to close it there tonight. A short word, a punchy word, a solid word. The book of Romans is a solid book full of good instruction. We need to follow instruction from the scriptures, apply it to our life, and then we'll be all the better for that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word that you've given us today, Lord. We pray that we will take heed, that we will not cast judgment on others, Lord, especially when we're participating in that very same, same area of sinfulness. But Lord, help us to be honest and upright. Let us, Lord, have an attitude to build up our brother, our sister, and help them along the way without harshness, Lord, but with gentleness and kindness, applying the fruit of the Spirit to our lives and our lifestyle. We pray your blessing upon us all in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Thanks for listening to a Wattle City Church podcast. If you download the Anchor podcast app and type Wattle City Church into the search engine, you can listen to more and great podcasts from Wattle City Church. Thanks.